Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, we are just about 24 hours removed from one of the darkest days in Buffalo history that I know, at least for mine and your lifetime of, uh, of living here, as we're in the aftermath now of a white supremacist piece of garbage who... Shot and killed 10 people and injured three more at a tops on the east side of Buffalo yesterday. And first and foremost, I mean, I've just been heartbroken these past 24 hours and just thinking about the victims and their families and, and you know, words aren't enough at a point like this, of course, and it's going to need action. But my heart goes out to, to all of the, the victims' families and loved ones and, and everybody who is just affected by this tragedy. I mean, this is just unthinkable that this sort of hatred and bigotry and racism just continues to happen and that somebody was enabled to be able to do something so horrific. And I'm, I'm just sick, sick to my stomach thinking about it. Yeah. I, um, it's almost impossible to talk about and uh, say anything worth hearing. I just, so all I would say is, um, I went to the, um, community fridge today on the East side to, so I, you know, dropped off some produce and like helped them a little bit with, cause there's a lot of people uh, donating stuff. So help them a little bit. And the only, I guess the only thing I thought of is all day yesterday, you know, talking to people, people will talk about like, you know, either, Oh, I wish they killed him. The, the police that is with this fella, or I, you know, I hope whatever happens to him in jail or I hope this or that. And I, I, I guess it's just so hard. Cause it's impossible not to think like that when someone does something like that. On the other hand, just the concept of revenge or retribution is so limited. Uh, and even thinking about it is so limited. So I guess like all, all I could say is all you can do is try to help people. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much you can, uh, I mean, you can't do anything, obviously the, the guys in custody, but I mean, that's, that's, that's really, I think, all all you can do in a in a situation like this. It's, uh, but yeah, we we obviously have to mention it here at the top. I know it's not anything anyone really wants to probably talk about. I'm assuming, but it's yeah, horrific. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has to be brought up when it it happens, you know, in our own backyard and in a community that, <laughs> I mean, just the fact that these poor people were just targeted in this way and that it was such a premeditated thing. And, you know, I, it just really speaks to the fact that like, <laughs> there is, there is and has been no place for this kind of hate and ideology in our society, but it's an unfortunate truth that it happens over and over and over again. And it just feels like nothing ever happened. So if anything can come from this, I, I hope that at the very least we can, 
see some sort of change so that there's not another person who's unable to do something like this or feels enabled to do something as horrific and just devastating as this, you know, that's all I, I really just keep thinking about is like, this just, it can't keep happening, even though it does. And, you know, when things like this happen, I think something that I constantly think about, you know, we see it all the time, and especially in a place like Buffalo, but in any city that stuff like this happens, that the communities rally and come together, people are there for each other, you're talking about folks who are donating to the community fridges and all of the other organizations too that have been stepping up and helping out. And, you know, we do our part, but at the end of the day, the people who are in power here and the people in charge and who are decision makers, they are the ones where the burden falls because time and time again, the people hold up their end of the bargain, but there's no action by the people who can make substantial changes. And so, you know, people constantly say, and I, I'm sorry to, to make this reference, but like people constantly will make the point of being like, well, you know, and of course it's different, but like nothing happened after Sandy Hook. So, you know, that was kind of like the nail in the coffin that like, if, you know, there's no way that anything is ever going to change. But I, I just think that with a situation like this, there's just so much that has to change. You know, it, it, it comes down to, I, I mean, for one, the stuff that this guy was writing about and, and talking about and that he believed in. I mean, that's that stuff that you could turn on Fox News and you can hear that pretty much any night that you're listening to Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity or any of them. And you just fundamentally should not be allowed to broadcast what they're broadcasting to the public, because this is a direct result of that, of getting uh, of making people feel as though these fringe thoughts are are things that are are welcomed and accepted in the norm when in reality it's not and i mean on top of that too you know it goes into the whole gun debate as well like nobody needs to have a, a weapon of that capacity that you're able to do that like you're not hunting with with semi-automatic weapons you know you, you just it just no civilian person needs to own that needs to have that and i think that as we're talking also to kind of going back to like the, you know, the platform side of it, I think that, you know, Texas, I, I read earlier that their censorship laws that they have down there that Facebook has allowed the the live stream that the guy was doing while he went through the tops to, to stay up because oh, you can't have censor, you know, like, would, yeah, it's, it, there's, like, I mean, there's a lot of yeah un unintended consequences when you that's exactly uh, try to, yeah, to, I guess, not that there's probably a good way to have run a, a social media site a, any larger that that has like let's say more than a million people on it or even more than like ten thousand, like but the concept of just being like uh anything goes which might be twitter soon we'll see uh it's it's rife with issues i mean it's mm -hmm. it's a total disaster like just the, that idea that like you can you can do or post anything like that no one wants to be on that i mean pe people people might say they want uh, or don't want censorship or whatever, but like, yeah, they do. Almost everyone does. Well, Anything would be an unworkable nightmare to try to uh, have something <laughs> like this is a great example. Right. And I think that that speaks to two points. One, that that is just such a short-sighted point of view to feel that way. And on top of that, you know, as you're talking about unintended consequences, it's like, can we just like take five seconds to think about anything critically here? And just like, yeah. like we're saying, like realize that, you people thinking like oh censorship this that the other it, it gives them some fake 
unfounded sense of freedom just to make them feel better about themselves. And in reality, it's like there needs to be limits on things, you know, like that's why laws exist in the first place. But like, yeah, they're just, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just so hard with something like this because, you know, it's the case with everybody where we all just have a a million emotions running through our head at a million miles per hour. And it's trying to make sense of it all. It's just, it's heartbreaking, man. You know, it, it sucks. And again, like anybody who is, was affected by this, anybody who, you know, had a loved one or somebody they knew or anything like that, that was involved or affected or impacted by this in any way. I mean, my God, our, like our hearts are with you. And, and again, it comes down to words, not, not being enough at a time like this, you know, we need to see some action with this. And if the community is stepping up, then, it's time for the people who are in charge and who can make substantial change to actually do their jobs and, and see that through and make that happen. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well, it seems like we can now transition into some of the hockey talk because Taylor, things have been busy. Yeah. I think we should save the best for last uh, in this case. I agree. Oh, do I agree? (laughs) Let's start with this. Uh, there's three game sevens yesterday and yesterday, I mean, Saturday, and they were all good, good games, I would say. And I think, well, starting with Carolina, Boston, it is interesting. I think so. First of all, Carolina, that is a big win for them because despite the fact they've been pretty good for a fusion now, in my opinion, that's the first time they've ever like beaten a really good team in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. I think last year they beat, I don't even remember who they beat last year, but they lost in the second round. Uh, 2020, they lost to Boston, I believe, in the first round. In 2019, they got smoked by Boston in the conference final. So that's that's a huge win, I think, for Carolina. On the other hand, it is kind of an interesting loss for Boston. Uh, it kind of leads me to wonder where things are going for them. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of questions, and I think the first one is probably, have we seen the last of Patrice Bergeron or not? You know, I think that there's a lot of question marks there and you and I have talked about over the past month or so just how much he means to that team and what a post Bergeron world would look like for the Bruins. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I we both, I think, pick Carolina ahead of this series. And so, you know, it's not too much of a surprise. I, I think it was honestly maybe even a little bit closer than I thought. But again, with Carolina, I mean, they just have had so many question marks and net. Um and are still without Frederick Anderson. Anti Ranta came back halfway through the series and was able to close it out for them. But a lot to be seen with Carolina and what they're going to be able to do moving forward. I mean, you know, are we going to eventually end up seeing a, a Florida Carolina conference final? Because it kind of feels like it might be that way. It very much feels like that, actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Boston they're in a weird spot. Like we talked about last time with the idea of Bergeron, maybe retiring and Marchand not getting any younger, mm-hmm. but like they, st- I mean, Pasternak is still there. The two that sell me on is Pasternak and McAvoy are, are pretty much almost as good as anyone at their positions. And Jeremy Swayman actually seems pretty good too. So like, I think they could still be good, but it's like, this feels like almost the end of an era. Yeah. Uh, where like they got good in like, Oh eight, I would say. And that was the first year of like, I mean, for sure, Bergeron being on a good Bruins team. Uh, Marshtan wasn't all that great at that point, but, you know, it was a different team, basically. Like, they had 
uh, Mark Savard. Wow. Remember that? Remember that oh, guy? Mac. Oh, boy, do I. Yeah, he was great till you know, obviously, concussions. But they had a bunch of guys like that. Uh, they even used to have a, a fellow by the name of Phil Kessel. You might remember him. And then, obviously, they had Sagan eventually. And then they won the Cup. The Cup was 11 years ago. Like, And they lost the Cup nine years ago. They lost it again three years ago. But these these teams they've had uh, in between, they've, besides, like, two years, they've been pretty good consistently. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I wonder. Uh, like if this is like the end of that run or forget near the end of that run. I'd really like it to be. Yeah, that'd, that'd be cool. <laughs> my, that'd be nice. My very biased opinion. I, I, <laughs> I very much like that. And yeah, I mean, we'll see, you know, it, it's, it's felt like really coming into this year that it's been trending that way. And now with the first round exit here and, you know, everybody else in, in the division continues to get better. So I mean, I think the days of Boston being a perennial lock for being a playoff team are, are getting closer and closer to being over and are especially pretty much already at that point with them regularly being in contention for a divisional spot as well, because Florida, Tampa and Toronto don't seem like they're going to be slowing down anytime in the next couple of years, at least. Mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, um, Toronto, who knows? Yeah, honestly. Shadowing? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other game uh, from Saturday was Edmonton, uh, LA. Also, so just so people know, we're recording before the games today, so we do not know how the other two game sevens turned out. But Connor McDavid, what a goal. Connor McDavid, man. What a goal. Talk about taking over a game. Yeah, seriously. Basically won the series with that goal. 14 points in the series. 14. First guy with 10 assists in the series since uh, another uh, former Oiler, Mark Messier, in the wow. early 90s. And, yeah, that's well, – well, I just – what an insane series, but also finally. I mean, they've been to the second round once before, but, like, this is it, – it's – I mean, I know L.A. is L.A. Like, they're not – Yeah. They're not all that great of a team, but getting the second round, that's huge for them. Absolutely. I think they did a, a million things wrong roster building wise. I, Duncan Keith has been a disaster, but like, hey, it worked. Yeah. To the second round, finally. I know it's they have a tough series coming up, but like, how about that? And well, we also might be seeing something special. Battle of Alberta, possibly. God, so I hope so. Turns out. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, really so hope the game so. By McDavid. I think that the thing that's really crazy too now is that we've known since he's come into the league, but especially these past couple of years, just how special McDavid is. But now I think I'm what I'm most excited about, you know, for the next series. And then, of course, just in general, moving forward in his career is we know that he's the best player in the NHL. But to what extent is he going to be able to just take over a series like that? And will the Oilers? Obviously, they have Drysdale. They have other talent there. I know, uh, you know, Darnell Nurse was suspended for a game, but like they have him on the back end. They have Mike Smith in that, which is like, ooh, that's not good. So they're going to need, though, you know, in spite of maybe some of the other talent they have on the roster. There's a major question mark in that they have major question marks down the lineup, both uh, in the forwards and, uh, you know, in the bottom half of their defense and just throughout their defense in general. But, you know, let's see to, to what degree can we see this guy take over a series? Because I think that with his level of talent and just the way that he is able to just will plays to just go in his direction 
this could be a level of like personal domination in the postseason that we haven't seen since uh Malkin in 09. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 36 points. yeah. Man. Wild, wild stuff. Well, and uh before we get to the special one, should we talk about the other series that ended up closing out in the meantime? Uh yes. All uh, right. So- well. Florida, Washington. Oh, Florida, Washington. I, I thought you meant St. Louis. Both of them, I guess. All right, let's well, one one line on St. Louis. Jordan Bennington's back. It's a good contract now, and nothing will ever change that. I agree, and I also think that Billy Huso should just come to the Sabers next year. Bennington's got the job on lock. You know, yeah. We'll we'll take Huso off their hands. Think of it this way, Taylor. It's not like we've ever gone after a blues goalie who randomly was good one year. And then we signed them to a contract, you know, the year immediately after and it backfired on us. Mm, I don't see who you're talking about. That's what I mean. It's never happened before. Yeah. Hmm. Much to consider. <laughs> so the other series, Florida, Washington, I thought Washington gave them more of a fight than I, I was expecting. And honestly, it was about, they were about to go up 3-2 in the series. They were up 3-0 in game five. And Florida just did that thing that they do every once in a while, which is score a whole bunch of goals in a short time. And what do you know? The, the Sabres pick is a, a little bit worse than it could have been. And Sam Reinhardt is in the second round of the playoffs. Good for Sam Reinhardt. Washington gave that series away. That's my thought on it. They had them. They were up by three in game six, and they just handed it away. Yep. Weren't they up in game seven, too? Uh, there was no game seven in that one. Or two again, game six, or in uh, they're up in game five and six. Game five, yeah. they were up by three, and then w- weren't they up in game six as well? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to close that out, man. You got a veteran roster. You have guys that have been there before and have won a cup. Got to close that out when you get the opportunity, especially when you're playing against the President's Trophy winner. They had a gift there, and they just threw it away. Yeah. All right, so. Before we get to anything else, let's, uh, let's hear a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win, and you get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings, same-game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network. But $5 on any NHL team to win, you get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. All right. So the thing everyone's been talking about is is the top of everyone's mind. It's the Colorado-Nashville series, folks. No, I'm just kidding. That's been over for like a week. So I don't know. Was was there any other series? Anything else interesting happened yesterday? Hmm. Hmm. Well, there was a, a little something that. Uh, What's that? Hmm. Taylor, uh, have you ever heard of a a team called the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really ring a bell. 
Yeah, me neither. Well, I guess that's it then. Okay, everybody, this has been Straight Up Saber. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> I have just for so long been waiting for. We knew it was coming. We knew it. Toronto went up 3-2 to two in the series, and we had said prior to game six, Tampa's coming back, no doubt. And wouldn't you know it, I wish everybody could see the smile on both of our faces right now, just thinking about the fact that the Toronto Maple Leafs once again have been eliminated in the first round of the playoffs, courtesy of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Ooh, Taylor, what are your thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, man. Again, would you believe it? Would you believe Six years in a row. Five years in deciding games. Five. Mm. Five straight years of deciding games. Also Mm. lost in six to the Capitals in 2017. Mm -mm -mm. You might also remember that in 2013, they lost in a deciding game seven. So the six of their last seven playoff runs, not only did they not win a series in any of them, in six of them, they got to game seven or it was game five in 2020, but they got to the last game, the deciding game, and lost all of them. All of them. Boy, you hate to see it. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. God, you know, like that feeling when you take a bite out of your, like your favorite meal, or if there's like a pizza place that you really like and you open up the box for the first time and that just kind of like rush of excitement you get and and just pure euphoria that kind of overtakes you in those moments. That's just how I feel when I think about Toronto being eliminated. Yeah. Just serotonin everywhere. Just mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. really could not have happened to a worse franchise and fan base man a lot of complaining about the refs and uh i don't really see why i think i guess they want the refs to not call penalties in the playoffs like they usually don't but like i didn't see any really bad calls i mean i guess there was kind of a missed call on a guy grabbing matthew's jersey but like man that's a that's loser stuff to complain about man like you had the series one, yep. just win it. You were in overtime in game six, dominated, mm-hmm. but put the puck in the net. Like that's the name of the game. I mean, at this point, it's not just coincidence. It's year six of Matthews, Marner, and Nylander being together. It's year five of Tavares being there. Year five of John Tavares. And let's keep in mind too, Morgan Riley also a part of that core. I mean. Yeah, uh, he's been there even longer than I think any of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's. It's insanity. It's a real these shame. are these are like the best teams in Leafs history. I know they. I mean, I know they won a billion Stanley Cups. Not a billion. They won a lot of Stanley Cups when there were six teams in the league, and you know, really only guys from Canada played, and no one watched it. But hooray! Congratulations. Yeah, like these are these are the the most wins they've had. These are the highest point totals. It's it's been like five years of that even. Mm. I, aside from the twenty twenty team, like these teams have all been really good. Worth noting that I don't think they've won the division once in, in all these years of having their quote unquote best teams, but it's <laughs> it's insane. In 2018, people forget this because better things happened eventually for this the city. But in 2018, the Raptors and the Leafs broke their fr- franchise wins records. The Leafs lost in the first round, and the Raptors got swept by the Cavs. Swept. Mm. What a shame. Yeah, I mean, the Raptors ended up winning the next year, but, like, man, 
It's unbelievable. I, I, Austin Matthews is, might be the best player in the world. He scored 60 goals this year. Mitch Marner at 100 points. Jack mm-hmm. Campbell actually played well for a lot of the year. Awesome. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Awesome. They have as many playoff wins this year as they had multi-goal losses to the Sabres. Ooh, that's a really good stat. Wow. You know what another right? good stat is? What's that? <laughs> that the Sabres still, even though they have not made the playoffs in over a decade, have won a playoff series more recently than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Boy. That's got to sting. And with Florida winning their series on, uh, I think that was Thursday or Friday? Friday. With Florida winning their series on Friday, that is now every team in the league has won a series since the lockout, the full season lockout in 0405, except the Leafs. <laughs> they now have the longest playoff series win drought. Oh, God. Wow. So what do they do? What are they going to do? I, that's a great question. Uh, you can't blow it up, right? I mean, oh, I'd say probably not. Yeah, nobody in that core they should nobody in the core should be moved. Uh, at least I don't think you could justify moving anybody in the core. Right, I would say so. Yeah. So I mean, what do you do? You're probably going to have to. I mean, they have some young talent there that they're probably going to have to move out the door or try to move out the door to. Uh, then get some some immediate help now to try and bolster. I mean, their defense, their bottom six. Uh, who knows if Jack Campbell is going to be back next year too? So a lot of questions, a lot of questions there. So I'm looking right now. Um, Matthews is only under contract for uh, one more season after next year. No, no, that's it. 2022-23. Then he's UFA. Oh. Or wait, no, you know I'm looking at this wrong. Actually, it's two or, years. Uh, yeah, two, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Two years, three years for Tavares, two years from Nylander, and three more years from Mark. God, Marner makes ten point nine million. Ooh, baby. Morgan Riley signed through twenty six. Tough. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. What you gonna do, Toronto? What's Austin Matthews gonna do? I. That is the question. You know, they could, uh, Kyle Dubas has a lot of work to do in front of him, but man, oh man, if Austin Matthews walks, oh, that would be so awesome. I love it. Just fantastic. Real good trajectory there for the Leafs. You really, really love to see it. Now the probable rookie of the year, Michael Bunting, this is a crazy (laughs) stat. He was only 25 years old the last time the Leafs won a playoff series. Wow. Was he really? Yeah. So. Good for him, man. Good for him. He yeah. was actually born the, the last year that the Leafs won the cup, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dates him back to, what year was that? Like 60-something? 67. Oh, baby. Wow. So a longer drought than the, the Sabres. Good for even. you, Michael. Good for you. Gotta be the longest drought, right? Yeah, has to be. I can't think of anywhere else, yeah. Man. <laughs> that's tough, fellas. That's, that's tough. You hate to see it. Well, hey, there's always next year, guys. Have fun on the golf course with the Sabres. <laughs> yeah, you guys have the same. You basically have the same thing to show for the last six years. Mm, hey, so we can get into previewing the games tonight, but I just wanted to put this out there, too, that I, as of right now of us recording this, I'm six for six on my picks. And I have proof of this 
being I did an eight pick parlay on DraftKings sponsor HPN at checkout. Uh, I got a 30% boost. I bet $10 Taylor. And if Pittsburgh and Calgary win tonight, 454 bucks from $10. Mm. Yes. So, and Crosby supposedly is going to be back and Tristan Jari supposedly is going to be starting. So feeling real good about that. And Calgary at home. I really hope that I am significantly happier tomorrow morning when I wake up or, well, uh, maybe I'll stay up for the game, but either way, I'm very close to turning 10 bucks into $450. So again, everybody, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Literally nothing ever bad can happen. If you start gambling. Yes. Only good things. There's never been a report story <laughs> of somebody starting to gamble and getting really into it and it going south very, very quickly. Never happened before. Mm, yeah, I think I read that somewhere. Yeah. I think it was in like an encyclopedia or something like that. Yeah, probably. Who do you got in the games tonight, though? Do you think it's going to work out and I'm going to end up winning that money? Or do you think that I will be very sad that I did not cash out early? Hmm. Uh, $115 to cash out. Do you think I should let it ride? Let it ride. Yeah. That's so much that's more money. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. We're living life on the edge today, everybody. Fingers crossed. Well, Taylor, do you have any other thoughts that you'd like to share? Uh, no. Well, I think we need to talk about how our man Kendrick Lamar is back. Well, yeah. I mean, if you want that to be your recommendation. I was actually planning on it. Yeah, I was. Uh, that was going to be my recommendation. Kendrick Lamar's new album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Uh, have you given it a listen through all the way? Yeah, uh, not all the way yet. No. Oh, how far along did you get? Oh, halfway. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll let you finish it then. and We can talk more about it on Thursday's episode. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Do you have any other recommendations you'd like to give? Uh, Yeah. Barry on HBO. Thumbs up. Yeah. Season three, right? Yep. Bill Hader, this this fella, really good. He directs, I think, most of the episodes. He's a showrunner, mm-hmm. but like he directs most of them too, and obviously stars in it. Yeah, insanely talented guy. I mean, he was one of the best SNL people of all time. But yeah, he's very talented outside of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love love Bill Hader. What's your favorite Bill Hader SNL sketch? Um, <clears throat> hmm. So Stefan has to be up there. Oh yeah. It's probably that. I mean, I love his uh, his role in the Californians. <laughs> yes, very good. Herb Welch <laughs> is one of my faves for sure. That He's done was... a real guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, got to be. I guess it's got to be Stefan. Stefan is so like iconic. Uh, but I do. My favorite SNL sketch of all time probably is it's Daryl Hammond's last one in his last episode. It's. And Will Ferrell is hosting. It's from 2008 or nine, one of those years. And Will Ferrell is like, they they ask about like what you're doing, you know, over the summer, whatever vacations, and and they're eating dinner. And Will Ferrell just starts singing "Goodnight Saigon," and like <laughs> like 50 people come out. It's like an insane. Not even just people on the show, like actual famous people and stuff. Like Green Day's there. They probably have a musical guest. I'm guessing. And it's actually really hard to find the clip because they don't have the rights to Good, good Night Saigon. But like 
Bill Hader is in that sketch as well. And he's, I mean, you know, he's, he's playing a straight man in it, but like he's involved and it's my favorite one. Very cool. Very cool. I'm going to have to watch that. I feel like you and a couple of other people, but I know we've talked about it before that you've said Barry's really great. I just haven't taken the plunge yet. So I'm going to have to do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely worth it. All right. Time for us to go watch Celtics bucks. Then let's, let's see how this one goes. I know you're going to be rooting really hard for the Celtics in this one, right? Taylor. Oh yeah. hundred percent. We love it folks. We really we do. all, all want Bill Simmons to be happy. <laughs> That's what people want out of sports. <laughs> That's really the purpose of sports at this stage of the game. What else do we have to root for if not for Bill Simmons? <laughs> but first, Pearl Jane. <laughs> All right, everybody. This has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, check out our fellow shows as well to see all the other great content that they're putting out. And on top of that, follow them on social media. Also, you can find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Straight Up Sabres. And make sure you are subscribed or following us on whatever your streaming platform of choice is. And again, last but not least, DraftKings. Head to DraftKings, download the app now if you haven't already, and use promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Sabres. Sabres.